What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. everybody to another episode of speaking of missing persons and welcome to the new listeners sarah is going to be telling us a missing persons today and it actually connects to one from a little bit ago susan powell right yes all right so before we get into that story though a little bit of business give us five stars hop on wherever you're listening leave a review leave a comment Check out our other podcasts, Speaking of Murder and Speaking of Hauntings. And if you want to see pictures associated with today's case, check out our Instagram, at Missing Murdered Haunted. And also check out our Facebook. Join the group there. You can see pictures from today's case there too, Missing Murdered Haunted Podcast. All right. So, Sarah, tell us about a missing person. I'd love to, Bob. <laughs> I'm gonna keep doing it because it annoys the shit out of Samantha. I know, Bob. I knew once you did it the that one time it was gonna be a thing. <laughs> I'd love to, Bob. I'm okay with it. Uh, I can't help it. He like sets it sets it up perfect. <laughs> so I'm gonna tell you about Stephen Kosher. His case is not technically connected to Susan Powell's, but he's mentioned in her case but we'll talk about that at the end okay steven was born on november 1st 1979 in armarillo texas his parents were rolf and deanne kosher rolf like rolf like r-o-l-f like um that's badass like ed ed and eddie yeah there you go there's a there's that's, a kid I'm... there's a kid on there that that's name is Rolf. Really? Yeah. 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 That's, uh, see, I've literally, I didn't watch much of that show, so I've literally never heard that name before, but that's fucking cool. Okay, so weird thing about me, I typically do not like shows or anything that are just flat out stupid comedy. Slapstick? Yeah, but I loved Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Ed, Ed, and Eddie was hilarious. Wait, yeah. are you talking like blanket statement? Like- you didn't like Red Skeleton and Charlie Chaplin and stuff like that? No, no. Sarah doesn't comedy. Oh, I that's... don't comedy. Yeah. That's a shame. You missed out on some funny shit. Trust me, I tried. <laughs> Buttered toes. I don't comedy. I horror. Well, when I was younger, not so much now. Anyway, there is, an, uh, there is the show that I hooked Samantha and Bobby up on that, you know, everyone should watch. That is also hilarious i forgot two seconds after you told me to watch it welcome to flatch i'll never remember it's hilarious that. you gotta text it to me anyway steven was the second born of five kids he only had one sister the rest were brothers his family moved to salt lake city utah at some point to be closer to the mormon religion because that's like you know pretty much where it's based 
Stephen graduated from the University of Utah in 2002 with a degree in communications. And after graduation, he went to work for the newspaper called Davis County Clipper, which his dad worked there. And just like a local... Yeah, it's just a local tiny newspaper. Gotcha. Later, though, he took a job at the Salt Lake City Tribune, and he worked there from March 2007 to June 2008. Stepping it up. But he did not like the job because of he had to work third shift, and the winters were really horrible. So he decided he was going to quit that job and move to St. George, Utah, where the weather was better. But he picked the wrong time because it was right in the middle of the recession. Remember we talked about that in Susan Powell's case. I thought you were saying like he decided on January 15th and in the middle of a snowstorm he was going to pack up and (laughs) move on up to Beverly. No. (laughs) Fuck this weather. (laughs) No. He, it, it was like right at the beginning of that recession. So jobs were hard to come by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people claim it was just as bad or worse than the Great Depression. I'm not a expert on either thing, so can't verify that. This recession made it hard for Steven to find a full-time job in his profession. When he first moved to St. George, he got a job in advertising, but was like laid off within a month. Yikes. Then He got a part-time job handing out flyers for a window cleaning company, but he barely was staying afloat, and he was running out of his savings. So, despite this, though, people said he was always super positive. His family believed everything was going to be okay for him. Like, he always seemed in a really good mood, He was quickly accepted into the local Mormon church in St. George and made lots of friends through the local LDS singles ward. He mentored for the Big Brother program and he coached several different youth sports. Dang. So even with his money situations, he was still living his best life. Good for him. Got to keep that positive attitude. Absolutely. Steven's grandmother found out about his money situation and sent him a check in October of 2009, but he never cashed it. He wanted to figure out how to make it on his own, and his parents even tried to get him to move back to Salt Lake City with them, and he said no. On December 9th, 2009, Steven's landlord called Rolf because he was listed as a reference on the lease and he and the landlord informed him that Steven was three months behind on his rent. When Rolf called Steven to ask him about what was going on, Steven got super upset and hung up on his father. He didn't want to talk about it. Steven texted his dad the next day on the 10th to apologize and told him he would figure it out himself and not to worry. Stephen also talked to his mother on the phone that day and 
told her he would be home for Christmas and would be staying with them until the 26th because their family had like an annual family reunion every year the day after Christmas. Okay. It is big holiday business. Yeah. On the same day, so on the 10th, Stephen left his apartment early in the morning and drove 525 miles from St. George to the Ruby Valley Ranch in Nevada. This is where his ex-girlfriend lived with her parents. And they were, like, supposed to get married and things, like, but for some reason it didn't work out and they broke up. But I guess they were still friends. She was not home. And her parents were like, okay, this is weird. You just drove all the way here and you didn't even call her or anything. Right. That's a long way to drive. But they invited him to stay for lunch. And so he stayed and hung out with them for like two hours. He told them he was headed to Sacramento, California to visit his cousins. But he was probably not going to go anymore because there was supposed to be bad weather from where he was to there. So he told them he wasn't sure if he was going to go the rest of the way to Sacramento. Now, did you say, and I missed it, what time of year is this? Is it still? Okay. This is December. That's right. Because we're talking about Christmas and the family reunion and stuff. Got it. Okay. When he left his ex-girlfriend's family's house he decided to just go home so he took the same route back home stopping twice for gas and once to eat tacos in a restaurant in total that day on the 10th he traveled 1100 miles whoa wow most people thought this was unusual but his parents said he could have been just trying to kill time because of boredom since he didn't have a full-time job and that he liked to go sightseeing and things. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the speed limit is out there, but I just did some quick math. If he's going 60 miles an hour, that's a little over an 18-hour drive or 18 hours worth of driving. Yeah, there and back in the same day. Yeah. Only mm-hmm. taking like a two-hour break to eat lunch and probably an hour to eat dinner. That is a big day. Yeah, it is. On December 12th, Stephen left again. His cell phone pinged off a tower in Overton, Nevada at the end of Lake Mead. And later that evening, he stopped to get snacks at a gas station in Mesquite, Nevada. And this is like just over the like it's right at the Arizona state line. I wonder if that's where like the barbecue and barbecue seasoning originated. I don't know. Maybe. I might need to go visit. (laughs) So no one knows why he went to Nevada. On December 13th at 9 a.m., Stephen got a call from a friend from the LDS church. And he, this friend, told Stephen that he was on his way back from Las Vegas and needed Stephen to, like, lead a church meeting that was supposed to happen at 11 because the guy was afraid he wouldn't get back in time but steven told him i'm in las vegas so 
he's like, I can try, but we would, you would probably beat me there. And his friend was just like, oh, it's fine. I'll just figure it out. I'll call somebody else. So, so did he go to Las Vegas to try to take care of his money problems? Don't know. You know, for anyone hmm. listening who might not already be aware, um, gambling in general is not the best way to make money. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that there aren't people who do it, because there are. I've seen the World Series of Poker. But that is exceedingly rare to be to have gambling be a lucrative source of income, especially consistently. Well, I don't think anybody thinks he went there to gamble because there's no footage of him in any casino. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, then I wonder if he's, you know, there spreading the word of his gospel or something, maybe. Well, at 11.54 a.m. on December 13th, a home security camera at a retirement community, but the way it's described is like actual houses, but the only people, it's like meant for people who've retired. Yeah, it's yeah. A, the yeah. 55 plus communities I've right. seen them so around St. Louis. That's what this was, and it was a home security camera in Henderson, Nevada. So he talked to this dude at 9 a.m., this is like almost 12 he said he was in Las Vegas. This is Henderson. Is Henderson. They're pretty close. They're pretty close together. Okay. I was going to say, is it like a suburb of Las Vegas? Yeah. Okay. So this camera caught Steven parking his white 2003 Chevy Cavalier in a cul-de-sac. Six minutes later, he was seen on the same camera walking on the sidewalk, holding what looked like a portfolio in his hand. Then another security camera caught his reflection as he walked north. Stephen would never be seen again after this. Now, where he was at, I mean, was he in the center of this neighborhood? Was there a chance that someone else caught him on a, on a security camera at their house and we just don't know or the police never found it? I don't think so because this is pretty much what happens next. His cell phone pinged off a tower 10 miles northeast of where he was seen walking at 5 p.m. Okay, so he's seen walking in the neighborhood at 5 p.m. Then No, his phone... he's seen that at, was at like 12. 12. He's oh, seen at so tw- at like midnight. No. 12 p.m. Yeah. 12 noon. So he's noon. seen at noon. He's seen at noon in this neighborhood. Then at 5 p.m., his cell phone pinged 10 miles northeast of that place. Okay, so he was probably walking and legitimately walked those 10 miles because that's a two-mile-per-hour average speed. Yeah, but why would he walk? Why would he leave his car? That is a very good question. Because then, after the 5 p.m. ping, at 7 p.m., his phone pinged off another tower two miles north of where it pinged at 5 p.m. Okay, so, so it sounds like he's walking. Yeah. yeah. His pace slowed down, though. Or somebody's walking. Then the next morning, on the 14th, his phone pinged a tower two more miles north. So he went 10 miles, two miles, then two more miles. According to his phone. According to his phone. And from the sounds of it, his pace is continuously getting slower. Yes. Because he did 10 miles in five hours, 
that's two miles an hour. Then he did two miles in two hours. That's one mile an hour. And then he did another two miles in three hours. No, longer than Uh, that. You said it was was seven to ten? No, seven to the next morning. Till the 14th, the next morning. So it sounds like he slept. It was like 7 o'clock in the morning. So like 7 to 7. So three miles in the next 12 hours. Yeah. But it sounds like he could have slept. Yeah, possibly. Well, on the 14th, that morning, when his phone pinged off of that last hour, a text message from Stephen's landlord came into his phone. And then an hour after that, somebody or him don't know listen to a voicemail on his phone because that also pinged off that same tower the phone stayed at this location for the next two days and then there has been no activity since then it just went and just could have died well that's what i'm saying it just died so there's been no more activity on this phone and they've never found the phone it sounds like you just left you just said fuck it and left. I don't know. I don't know if that's I don't think a you did. walk away situation. I don't think you can make that determination just off of this. What I've told you so far. Right. So on December 17th, Stephen's parents received a call from a Henderson County, Nevada parking enforcement officer. He told them that Stephen's car had been parked in the cul-de-sac of the Sun City Anthem neighborhood since the 13th, and that he had been trying to call his phone because Stephen left a flyer for the the part-time job he had sitting in the front passenger seat. So this parking enforcement officer called that number, and they gave him Stephen's cell phone number. So he had been trying to call it, since the 13th. Now, if he's walking with his phone, why is he not answering people trying to call him? Because his job was trying to call him and this officer was trying to call him. But he doesn't answer. Then he, the guy gets Stephen's mother's phone number from his work. So he calls his mother. They try to call his phone and get no answer. So his mom immediately reports him missing. His father and two of his brothers left Salt Lake City and drove to St. George to check out his apartment before they went to the car. There they found his laptop, phone charger, and his passport. In his car, police found a shaving kit, coats, pillows, blankets, and Christmas gifts that he had bought that week for his brother and his brother's kids because he drew their name in their Christmas drawing. His cell phone, wallet, and driver's license are missing and have never been found. Uh, What was the name of the neighborhood again? It is Sun City Anthem. Okay, so I've been looking up this neighborhood as y'all can see, uh-huh. you the listeners can't see. I'm looking up this neighborhood because my thought, the thought in my head was, I've never been to Nevada. I don't know anything about it, but when I hear Nevada, I think desert. Right. And so I'm sitting here wondering, did this dude wander off into the desert? But this neighborhood, Sun City, Anthem, whatever, 
it's not north of it is just more city. It's like he was heading into the city. If he had he been walked northeast ten miles. He walked northeast and then north. So there is a it looks like a conservation area to the east and south, like one big one that's kind of due east on a little bit I mean, depending on where you're at in the neighborhood, if you headed northeast, you would kind of skim the the top left side of it, but on the other side of it is more civilization. Like there's Here's the thing though. If he was just gonna walk away, just walk away, mm-hmm. why would the only thing he be seen carrying would be a portfolio? He left the blankets, the pillows, like all of that in the car, left his passport at home. Yeah, but he took his wallet. I understand he took his wallet, but why would he be seen walking, holding a portfolio? I do not have any legitimate speculation well, to that. his parents do. Oh, really? Yeah, and we're going to get to it. Okay. Okay, so the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police searched the area where his car was found using helicopters, all-terrain vehicles, volunteers, sniffer dogs. They found no sign of Steven. In fact, police have still found nothing. Zero. Not a single tiny clue since he disappeared. They checked his computer browsing history on his laptop and the computer that he used all the time at the St. George Library. They found nothing unusual in either place. His He actually kept a diary, which a lot of Mormons do. Yeah. And in his diary, he... There was nothing like all he talked about really were his money problems and him being a bachelor still. But he kept saying over and over in the diary that he didn't believe either of those things were going to last much longer, that it was just something he was going through right now and it would be over soon. So he wasn't acting upset about it. Okay. When police looked into his financial records all that did is just confirm the money situation that his family already knew about. It wasn't like a secret. And it also showed like his recent two trips, like the first one and the one where now he's gone. So they find nothing. So we're going to skip ahead to April of 2010. Real quick before you get into that, you said they searched through his stuff. Was there any mention of him possibly selling his vehicle no okay nope i mean i know it would be weird if you're selling a car to leave all of your stuff in the vehicle (laughs) you wouldn't want to do that but i mean i'm just i'm i'm looking at this going what even at a bit of a stretch what could possibly inspire someone to just walk away from their car in and i i looked at the conservation area it is pretty much desert yeah like to walk off into the desert And just leave all of your stuff. Wouldn't be the best idea. But in April 2010, a search party came together and scoured that desert, which is like south of Henderson Executive Airport, according to my research. Don't. It is. It's mostly south. Yeah. It says it's to the west, actually. It's like south of the airport, but west of where his car was found 
if that makes sense. Okay. They only did this because a private investigator that his family hired got a tip that he could be in this desert. But nothing was found except animal bones. And the way they made it sound is they've searched that area over and over and over. Stephen's father, Rolf, passed away in February of 2011, like months, it was like two months after they recorded their episode of the show Disappeared. So he didn't even get to see that air or like see if anything would come from that, which nothing did. After another search was done in 2015, like they said high up the hills south of Anthem because web sleuths had a theory, but nothing came of that either. I mean, he went missing in 2009. If you thought he was alive, why would he still be in that area in 2015? Right. The family believes Stephen went to Henderson that morning for a purpose and that was a job opportunity with how he was dressed and the way he was walking through the neighborhood and the fact that he was holding the portfolio made them believe he went there to because of a job opportunity makes sense because he was wearing like docker pants a white button-up shirt nice all-white tennis shoes with a nice sweater like wrapped around him he wasn't actually wearing it but it was like wrapped around him and he looked really like presentable well i mean that would so their theory that it's a a job interview or job opportunity right so the the parent the family's theory is like someone like he was going somewhere in that neighborhood to interview for a job so like somebody in that neighborhood was hiring for something who knows or it was a trap that's what i was thinking so maybe he went there and then someone like walked him out and shot him in the freaking desert craigslist kind of a deal i agree with them honestly and think that's the most logical theory is he went there to interview for something it was a lie he foul play ensued and then whoever did it took his cell phone because it doesn't say it was driven or walked or just said it went these miles before it pinged on a tower. I could see that. I could also see a version of that. Right. Where he may have been dosed or something, you know, where they didn't necessarily kill him. Right. But they did something to him and he was unaware of where he was walking, and this plays into what you said of him possibly sleeping out there. There's a lot of creatures, creepy crawlies out there that can kill you without too much effort. Yeah, and they could have just taken the... You never know. What I'm saying is, let's just theorize here that something happened, he walks out of the desert unaware of where he's walking, lays down to sleep or passes out, and then his body is then plundered by local animals. I don't know if you've ever seen without a paddle the bear with the cell phone in its stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe in this situation, a coyote. <laughs> I haven't thought about that movie in like forever. I know. Well, but you get no, what I'm saying. No, that's what I was saying. They could have eaten it or whatever. Either way, 
police know about as much right now as they did in 2009 when he went missing. His family does not believe he just walked away from his life or commit suicide because of the fact that he was still planning things. Like he, I know Samantha says it happens, like suicide happens in like the spur of the moment kind of a deal. Like when you're focusing on that one thing. So it's possible that he went out there and committed suicide. But the internet suspects that he may have gotten involved with drug activity to make money. But police took drug dogs and checked his entire car and found nothing. So there was no sign of any drugs in his car. Yeah, I was going to say, I doubt that. The guy seems like he was pretty... um pretty devoted to his faith he was and i don't think that that would fall in line with someone who's that dedicated to the lds church no and that's why they never like they never came to the oh he went to the casinos to gamble kind of a deal they checked but right and that was my initial thought is maybe he's not as dedicated as he's presenting himself to be and he's you know out doing whatever gambling drinking right whatever but I mean, if he's not seen on any of the casino cameras. Nope. And I don't know. Yeah, there's just, it's very peculiar. Well, now I'm going to tell you what Susan Powell's piece of shit husband, Josh Powell, decided to say. Because remember, they both went missing at around the same time. But technically, he lived in St. George and she lived in around Salt Lake City. Yeah. But. He disappeared the week after her. Early into these investigations, rumors popped up on the internet claiming there was a connection between their disappearances. Josh and Stephen Powell ran with this and publicly said that Susan and her family were framing Josh for her murder, but she had really ran off and eloped with Stephen Kosher and that they were living a magical life in hiding. I yeah, don't but buy it. She, but Stephen went missing a week after she did. Right. A whole week later. Yeah. Well, they're like saying like mm, she left first, then he left to make it not so suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still not buying it. Me no. either. But Stephen Powell went so far as to even write a letter to the police and FBI trying to convince him, convince them that this was true. But obviously police were like, no, there's no connection between the two. Yeah, you did guys they are even full of know nonsense. each other? No, they did not. Yeah, even they had know nothing each to do with each other. Well, yeah, and just to kind of throw back to the Susan I mean, Powell he episode, did live in he was already under suspicion for killing Susan oh, anyway. Like so from the first he, second she he's, went missing, he's reaching for any diversion that he can get his hands on to put attention on someone else. Like, yeah, no, well, yeah, that was their, that even was Susan left a letter saying, "If I go missing." My husband killed me. Yeah. So I don't think Stephen had anything to do with her. They probably never even met. No. And yes, they did live in Salt Lake City at the same time for a brief period of time. But okay, how big is Salt Lake City? They probably never. There are thousands of people a county over from me who I have never 
in exactly. my entire life of living in St. Louis, I've never met them. Exactly. That's what I'm and saying. And there's a good chance that I probably never will. The thing is, is if you think about it, think about it. So you could go through Walmart once a day, every day for seven days, and you will never see one person twice. It is possible. Well, Pops knew from the beginning when he was like, nonchalant about her even being missing in the first damn place that he's involved right now Stephen Kosher's disappearance is very strange and I don't think it has anything to do with Susan whatsoever and it is very strange that neither one of them have been found to this day but do I believe they ran off together no Uh, hold up what if, what if his name's Josh, right? Powell? Yeah. Yeah. What if they just randomly pick someone to try to make this story? I mean, the thought crossed I mean, my the, mind. It crossed, it crossed my mind, mind, too, like, because he disappeared a week, a week later. later. Yeah, like, And what if they, they were like, both a part of the Mormon church, the yeah. LDS church. And, like, that was my thought, too, of, like, okay, me, like, what if... You know, Josh's crazy yeah, ass I mean, was like they freaking stalking hid. him. Yeah, stalking, stalking him. him. They hid Susan's body to the point where she's still never been found. It wouldn't be hard for them to have done it with him also. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe if they are connected, just not the way that Josh is trying to proclaim they are. I mean, that's possible. Which, side note, Look update. Look us becoming detectives. Figured out which trials and, <laughs> and missing persons case. Well, side note, ones. update about Susan Powell that relates to this. Oh, is there an update? Well, last I had heard, those bones that they found were not, in fact, human. No, no they, they were, were animal bones. They were animal bones. So, that was a bit of a letdown. But yes, it was. And, I mean, Shauna's not far off because that whole family was cuckoo nuts no i know and i literally had the exact same thought oh i think we all had the exact same thought shauna was just the only one that first one to say yeah she was the first one to say it out loud well i'm gonna tell you what steven kosher looked like when he disappeared in case he is still alive and you see him or something which you know what best case scenario steven and susan yeah ran off together that would be the best case scenario best case scenario right there they're still alive and they're living their best except her kids got hurt yeah but i'm still i think hurt is a little bit of an understatement true her kids got murdered and i don't think that's ever what she would have wanted no so Stephen Kosher is a Caucasian male with blonde hair, blue eyes. He was 5'11 and 180 pounds when he disappeared. He has surgical scars behind both ears and a birthmark on his abdomen in the shape of a Nike swoosh symbol. Nice. Like I said, he was last seen wearing a white dress shirt, docker pants, and a pair of white sneakers with a they said it was a light colored sweater wrapped around him and if you have any information about steven's disappearance there's actually three different 
police departments that are working this, that have information about this case. One is the St. George Police, because that's where he was from. And their phone number is 435-627-4300. The Las Vegas Metropolitan Police were the first to respond to the case. So their phone number is 702-229-2907. And then, of course, the Henderson County Police, which is where it happened, is 702-267-5000. And that is Stephen Kosher's case. Huh? Dang. And I feel like Shauna's theory or our theory makes sense. Yeah, that... Josh Powell. Because it is weird that they both went missing. Could have picked a scapegoat, and that's what happened to Steven. Yeah, and it didn't work out. No. No, because Susan already knew what the hell was going to happen to her. Yeah. Hopefully someone hears this, and they have a tip, and they can help figure out where Mr. Kosher went. Uh, If you liked today's episode, let us know. Like I said at the beginning, hop on wherever you're listening. Give us five stars. Leave a review. Share us with your friends, your family. Whoever you want to, everybody, coworkers. Make sure you check out our other podcasts, speaking of murder and speaking of hauntings. If you like this, you'll like those. If you want to see pictures, check out the Instagram at Missing Murdered Haunted. You can find them on the Facebook too at Missing Murdered Haunted Podcast. Anyone have anything else they want to add in? Nope. No. No. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.